You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. Hey guys, Coach Ben here. This is Bench Talk Live. This is the live podcast episode of The Benchcast where you can drop your questions and uh, ask live on the program. And I got something new this week that I'm very excited to do with you guys. And I'll just let a few more of you file in. Um, but I, I have some exciting news for the podcast here. I am going to be at one point during this podcast, I will be uh, giving away a 20% off code for BigBenches.com. That will be for the rest of today. So it will expire uh, at midnight tonight, okay? But during the course of this podcast, um, if you follow with us for the large majority of it, uh, I will be announcing that discount code. So stay with us if you want to receive 20% off if you've been looking for new wraps, uh, sleeves, bench template programming, um, or you're looking to get some apparel from our website, all that is fair game with the 20% off code. Also, I will be giving away a free Big Benches t-shirt that I will ship. Uh, the only caveat there is it's going to be U.S. only. Okay, so I am giving away a shirt as well in today's episode, and I will be giving away more things as well as we proceed in the future weeks. Uh, but I'm excited to announce that we're going to be doing giveaways every week on this uh, live podcast, and we will be doing the percent off codes uh, each week. It might change a bit, it might stay that, but uh, you will have to listen for the majority of the podcast. I will drop it about um, half the way through. We're just here to have some fun and shoot the shit. Alright, let me let me break into our first question. Alright, before I do, hope everyone's got their coffee. Sip of coffee to you. I got my uh got my pigskin mug. Hopefully football starting up on schedule this year. Alright, let me get into my first question. What are good prehab warm-up exercises for a bench session? And the best thing I can say towards that is uh, is going to be very dependent on the person. Uh, in fact, we had just concluded, and I'm going to be um, getting these videos up for our full coaching lifters, but we recorded five different warm-ups for the bench press based on what's happening. Uh, so if you have uh, shoulder discomfort that you've been dealing with, if you have these clicky, clanky elbows that... Um, just kind of need to be greased up a bit before you get into some some heavy lifting. Uh, if you have a hard time opening your hips or you have a hard time connecting with your back, you know, we film five different warm-ups uh, that are going to have great exercises and drills in them um, that you can utilize. So I'm going to be working on putting that out as a product as well. Uh, it will be free, but that is something that our full coaching lifters um, those on our online coaching program will be receiving first. But that's going to be, again, very individual to the person because everyone's going to need to warm up uh, something. And that something is going to be different. And uh, for myself, right now, it's been a lot of focus towards the scaps, being able to 
create the best pinch possible and to be able to hold this tucked under position. And some of the things that have been helping me with that, uh, obviously I do soft tissue around that general area, around the shoulders, the pec, um, scaps, uh, traps for sure. That helps me. I, I definitely feel a huge difference from being able to loosen up my traps. Um, and that's something that I focus on a lot when I do go to get massage, uh, deep tissue, is we really make sure we focus on the neck, the traps. It's something I pull often. Um, but some drills that I do for that are scap pull-downs, scap retractions, um, something I took from Donnie Thompson where you can just wrap yourself around a band. So you have a band, think about stiff-arming it out, wrap your body around, all right, and then it can pull your shoulder back so you can work those retractions um scap pull downs right just working at the scaps uh so those types of things really help me warm up that area which pays dividends for my lifting for example a few weeks back on a sunday morning mind you not a, i don't like lifting in the morning um Everyone's a little bit different with it. I don't prefer it because I need my body to move around a little bit more by then. I like to eat more. But um, I had a really shitty bench session. It felt even if I could get my shoulders where I wanted, uh, I wasn't able to hold them there. It's just running to a host of issues. Compared to this past weekend, I did train a Sunday morning again, and it went much smoother. You know, it wasn't the best bench session ever, but... It didn't go much smoother. I was able to actually get into the positions I want because I actually took more time to warm up and, and do these certain things. Um, but yeah, what is a good prehab warm-up exercises for a bench session? Uh, that's going to be very individual. Right, we got any more questions popping in here? We got Instagram Live. We're on YouTube. Frank Williams, what is proper hand placement for the bench? Uh, another one that's going to be very dependent on the person. Uh, I always like to start someone off with something that I'd consider neutral, uh, meaning if uh, your elbows, you want them to be about 45 out from the body. You know, if you're a wide grip bencher, you're going to be out more. If you're a close grip bencher, your elbows will be in more. I try to find that balance. If someone's just kind of starting out or I'm working with them for the first time, they don't really have a grip established yet, uh, then I'll put them to that 45 degree out position and I'll make sure their wrists, wherever they're going to touch the bar, uh, are stacked over their elbows. And that's really going to be the, the determinant of the grip. Uh, but most people are going to, just by way of training, find a grip that's comfortable to them. Wide is not a bad thing. Close is not a bad thing. Um, so I wouldn't say any one grip is better than the other. It's just what have you been training the most of? What have you developed over time? And you see very strong benchers that bench close grip, very strong benchers that bench wider grip. Um, I would say that I think close grip is a little bit more conducive towards a raw bench. Whereas a wide grip plays into that uh, quip side of things better because of the tension taken up by the shirt and want to get the most stretch out of that cut range of motion. Um, so I am biased more towards closer grip for raw, wider grip for equipped. Darren Thomas, I heard that some people bench with a slight arch. Do you think this is okay? Uh, I'd say biggest arch possible. Um, so I don't know if you're in more of the powerlifting realm or more of the bodybuilding side of things or just general strength training 
But in powerlifting, um, we are trying to create the biggest arch we could possibly create. And uh, that is to, one, cut range of motion, give us the best position possible to lift the most weight uh, within the rules of your federation, which is pretty standard across the board, but needs to be on the bench. Um, and then, uh, two, by being in this uh, type of arch, we are also protecting our shoulders because the more flat we lay, right, the less we're tucked underneath, the less um, T-spine extension we have, uh, that just puts our shoulders, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say necessarily an increased risk because you can bench safely if you create tightness, you don't necessarily have a dramatic arch, but I'd say that um, your shoulder is going to be taxed higher than if you were to, to arch and get to a proper position. Uh, you'll be able to load your back much easier. Um, you know, the difference is like if you benched on a decline versus benching on an incline, the shoulder activity with those two things are, are very, very different. Mm -hmm. Eric Bell, good afternoon. How are you doing, my friend? Sip of coffee to you, a working man. OHJ. How often do you program hypertrophy versus strength? Uh, well, I mean, there's always going to be hypertrophy type of training in there. Uh, there's always going to be strength-based type of training in there with lower reps, higher weight. Uh, but the focus of each is going to change in time. So as you get closer to a meet, we're probably going to be doing a lot more with lower reps, higher weights uh, as we peak for that said meet. Uh, although there will be hypertrophy components in there, potentially more so with the accessory work, higher rep accessory work, but um, earlier on in the training cycle, I'd say you're going to encounter your most volume, your higher rep work on the main movements, and um, it's, it's going to be more biased to hypertrophy. So it really just depends where you're at in the phase. Um, but I'd say there's a really good balance there because I do think that there needs to be a balance. Um, but obviously, as a power lifter, you're definitely always going to bias towards that uh, strength side of things. So you always have to keep that in perspective. You want to get good at lifting big weights, not good at lifting smaller weights for more reps. Um, so you always need to have some type of a strength component. Darren Thomas, uh, absolutely, my friend. If you have any other things, just drop them below. But uh, I think that's the... Uh, if you're someone who isn't sure on the arching side of things on the bench. Um, I guess that's the best analogy I can give you is look at what a decline bench feels like versus an incline bench in terms of shoulder activity. Uh, decline bench is going to be much friendlier on your shoulders. You're not really going to feel them involved. Uh, you can load your back very well. And um, that's kind of what we're getting at with the arch, right? We're putting ourselves in the best position possible. Uh, also within the rules of powerlifting, right? We're trying to cut range of motion. If we don't have to press the bar as far, why would we go through that extra range, you know? Let's check out what we got on Instagram here. Elliot Hayes, thanks for joining in, Elliot. If you had to only bench once a week, how would you go about that for a beginner? Uh, if you had to bench once a week, um, I assume if you mean that you only could bench once a week, just starting out, uh, how I'd probably approach that, and I can't really say we have much of that scenario. Um, no one's really in that scenario right now as a beginner, only having one bench day. 
most athletes I work with have a good amount of experience. But um, if I had to attack that with a complete beginner, they'd probably make progress simply doing one day a week, doing like a five by five, um, you know, steadily start dropping reps, get into a five by three, and um, then eventually get into a place where you can test the max. Because uh, as a beginner, you can really throw anything at a beginner, and they're going to make progress. You know, there's not a ton of advanced techniques needed. Uh, everything's going to develop. You don't have to key in on that one specific weak point. Um, usually, just need a good base of everything. So I'm going to try to have a session where they're going to hit the the bench press, the main movement. Like I said, maybe a five by five or something. And then we're going to really bring up everything. So we're going to try to get work in for the back. We're going to try to get work in for the shoulders, the triceps. We even hit biceps. Just try to bring everything up. Just get stronger all around. Um, for a beginner, you're still going to make great progress once a week. Matt says, as you get closer to a meet, do you increase your breaks between lifts to mimic the time between your lifts on the platform? So, yeah, that, that kind of comes with the territory of um, lifting more weight. Uh, for a raw lifter, that's usually where I'd have to be like, okay, slow things down a bit. Um, and typically, I don't really have to stress that much because I've really ever had an issue or thought there would be an issue with someone um taking not enough time between sets if anything i'm trying to take get, get them to take less time between sets because sometimes i feel like some of our lifters might extend that rest period uh beyond what they might even encounter at a meet um but i, I don't really have that i don't see that issue happening much with the lifters that i train um, but just in general, yeah, you're, you're spot on. That would be the approach is uh, you would have more rest time because we're trying to lift these big weights. Usually we're going for um, RP9s or these rep maxes or just trying to work up to a heavy weight for the day. And uh, with that, we want to make sure we're fully recovered between sets. Whereas if we're doing some hypertrophy volume, 5 by 8 benching you know, after a meet, uh, we're going to want to cut rest periods, and it's okay if the weight drops. You know, we're trying to build up that work capacity. So definitely as you get closer to a meet, I would extend those rest periods. Uh, but usually I'm working to, to get people to speed up, not usually slow down. Um, but yeah, that's a great question there. Definitely, uh, the more you can mimic a meet scenario, the better. That's why I like to hang out in knee wraps. I like to hang out in wrist wraps for multiple sets sometimes. If it's like speed work or something like that. Because um, at a meet, so like my last full power meet this past December, um, I was hanging out in wraps. There was a big controversial call thing going on. And I was just standing in wraps for five minutes before I could get up there. And the judges were ready to judge the damn lift. Um, but luckily in training, I'm very casual. I get the wraps on. I, I mean, I'll change the music, uh, get a little ammonia in, shock up. You know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in the wraps to prepare just for something just like that. Logan Barbell, do you think that more volume work, like three to six rep maxes as well as one rep max band presses, will help to teach me how to strain more with the weight 
the straight weight for max weight. Uh, I either get the weight pretty smoothly or just completely miss it and get stuck. Yeah, so I would look to develop that weak point if, if it's a true mid-range sticking point, usually triceps. Uh, I would look to just bring up your triceps via um, some heavy high rep work off boards, pin presses, things like that. Um, find some tricep accessory movements that you like, superset the triceps. But um, in terms of grinding with a weight, I think one of the uh, best things you can do is, is heavy low rep work with bands. And uh, that's because the bands, they don't let up. You know, you get that thing moving through your uh, strong or your, your strong off the chest, and then you hit your weak point. Those bands aren't letting up. Normally, you can kind of coast if the weight's light enough, but with bands, if you got that band tension or that chain tension to kick in at the right spot, you're going to have to learn how to grind through that. So. Yeah, I do heavy high rep stuff to bring up the triceps, superset the tricep accessories. And then uh, if you want to learn how to grind, I would do accommodating resistance, heavy ass weight, low rep. Olip Fitness, how often should I be training chest for strength? So, like I mentioned, beginners, uh, you pretty much can throw anything at them and they're uh, going to make great progress. But an advanced athlete... I typically like to see benching at least twice a week. Um, there are scenarios we definitely have lifters on the team that bench once a week, and they do make steady progress as well. Just have to uh, be mindful that we might have to do a little bit more on that day, or we have to really be pinpoint with the exercises we're using. But typically, I like to see most athletes bench twice a week, full power lifters, uh, which is about 90% our team. Uh, Bench-only lifters more often, about three times. Chris Coger, can't keep my butt on the bench no matter where I put my feet. Uh, I'm not sure if you're a little bit of a, a taller gentleman here, my friend, but um, that's typically an issue with a low bench or you're just a taller ind individual. Uh, usually, though, I always say no matter how long your legs are, it's really a product of how you're pushing back on the pad. Because uh, if you are able to get your feet pretty much anywhere, you're able to drive your knees out, lock that hip tension in, and just focus on a backwards push. Like you're on a slip and slide, and you want to push yourself across the floor, uh, across the pad. Uh, that's how you have to execute the leg drive. It's very easy uh, for someone with longer legs or on a shorter bench to end up bridging up, right, lifting their hips, pushing into the floor, uh, but that's when you're going to want to really focus, okay, knees out, push away from the floor, almost if you had a wall extending um, in the front of the bench and you're pushing off the wall, not off the floor. That's the difference there. That's what you're going to want to uh, focus on. Working up a little sweat here, guys. We're out in the gym. Adam Bell. Uh, Adam just competed down in Texas. He hit three state records USPA. He's one of our uh, lifters. So I want to give a shout out to Adam. Uh, thanks for joining in, buddy. Uh, before I had you coach me, I thought I could only bench once every about 10 days. Uh, you've helped me come a long way with shoulder health and programming. I really appreciate that, my friend. Um, but you're the one putting in the work. 
But uh, yeah, that's that's a common thing. You know, you get back into uh, into lifting after layoff or something, and experiencing these issues, and um, you know, typically you want to do less when you just sometimes need to figure out what we can do to do more, and that's kind of what we're doing with your squats right now, right? Uh, we've had to go to less, but I think with what we're we're doing with the deadlifts, what we're doing with um, you're hitting some some briefs and training. Uh, I think that's going to allow you to get the squatting in more frequently. But uh, especially for bench, I just that's always a movement that I want to see more frequency of. Beth says, uh, "Beth is another lifter of ours. Thanks for joining in, Beth. Appreciate it." Uh, I was drinking the coffee you sent me. It's French vanilla. Sip of coffee to the working man. Looking for advice on double paused bench solo without a training partner. Uh, so that's usually a movement where you can be light enough that you don't need a training partner if it's a safety type issue. Um, so uh, I, I guess I'm not sure what would be uh, the main issue there if you want to elaborate on uh, what the training partner would help you with. Uh, but a double pause bench to go through that, that's going to usually be an exercise you're going to use very lightweight with. And when you're doing any of those types of paused drills, exercises, you want to hit brick walls. You want to go, uh, you got to think, if you're a football athlete, right, and you're making cuts on the field, if you have to stop and slow down for a while and then you can turn direction, all right, that's not efficient. You're going to get your ass tackled. <laughs> if you are quick on a dime, right, we could change directions, real flashy with it, all right, you're going to make some guys miss. And that, I guess that's how I'd, I'd like people to re relate that to the bench press, all right? And when you're doing these pauses and training and stuff, especially double pause bench, all right, first pause is going to be down at chest level. We want to take our normal speed controlled down to that spot boom, hit a brick wall. So no excess bouncing, no excess movement. Have to be really in control of your back in order to create that platform just to hit and stop. Um, from there, boom, quick burst of speed, everything you got, boom, into the next pause. Again, it's like you hit a brick wall as you're pressing up. Again, dead stop, full control, and then boom, up from there. So it's just a lot of quick stops and a lot of quick starts. Um, if it's more like the the partner is giving you calls like stop or pause or press, um, then unfortunately you just gotta kind of do that in your head. Um, it's always an advantage to have training partners, but you know, sometimes we just have to make do without. But a training partner would probably be most beneficial in giving you those calls. Again, guys, anyone listening, we are giving away a 20% off discount code. Not going to do it yet. Sorry to keep you waiting. Uh, but we are every week where I'm going to be giving away some type of a code you can use on BigBenches.com if you're looking to get wraps, sleeves, apparel, uh, program templates. It's all on there. All right. And it's good for today only. So you'd have to order by tonight or expire. Okay. At midnight tonight. So. I'm about to drop that pretty soon, all right? 20% off discount code. Please stay with us. Thanks for listening to the BenchCast. 
Um, and also, I am giving away a free Big Benches t-shirt today. You just have to be in the U.S. It's U.S. only. And I'm uh, going to be picking a winner at random at the end of today's show. So everyone who tuned in uh, is going to be eligible. So I appreciate everyone that tuned in. Walter117, do you like pausing your bench with 100% tension? Or do you prefer letting the bar sink a bit? Uh, if I'm doing any pause work, especially extended pause work, 100% of the time, 100% tension. Uh, always as tight as possible. I will never ever ever coach or do in my training anything where I'm not as tight as possible and so with the bar sinking a bit um, I don't want that to get confused with I don't think you mean right sinking completely and turning it into a heave I don't think that's what you're getting at Walter Um, I think you're just asking what's that amount of touch pressure um, that you're going to do on a pause and if I'm doing a pause, I'm always trying to make it as, as hard as possible. So, yeah, it would be more like hovering, full tension. It won't be really letting it sink in at all. Elliot Hayes, I just worry about my shoulders. I thought benching once a week would be best for longevity if you're not a competitor. Oh, so if you're, I mean, if you're not uh, looking to constantly increase your numbers... That's a whole different ballgame. I just assume most of everyone listening here is a power lifter, a competitive power lifter. But if not, Elliot, um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with benching once a week. I honestly think you'd be fine benching twice a week, but you don't necessarily need to if it's not your goal to go into a competition bench as much as possible. Um, you could certainly bench once a week. It might just take a little bit longer to get there, but um, that's that's plenty fine. How often should I train in my bench shirt versus just go raw? Um, So I'm assuming, Chris, that you are an equipped bench presser. And so uh, I, before, I would tell you, I would do about two weeks on. I would do one week off. That's what I could handle. Um, But I'm just going to go out and tell you whatever you're able to handle. I don't know your circumstance. If you're training full power, uh, you're probably not going to be able to be in the bench shirt every single week. Uh, you're probably going to run into some lingering discomforts and whatnot, and you're going to need to deload. Uh, that's always been my experience. Now that I'm just focusing right now on bench press, uh, I've been able to successfully be in the shirt every week, and it's probably been nine, maybe ten weeks straight now, uh, which has never been the case before. But uh, I'm not training heavy, heavy squats in a suit or anything, so I've been able to do that. So it's really, if you're able to recover, I'd say it's an enormous benefit to be able to train how you're going to play on the platform and constantly groove that shirt because it is a different technical approach. So as often as you're able to recover from. Um, now I'm starting to see each week a little bit more discomfort through my forearms. Uh, getting the bar back in the rack, it's nothing crazy. Uh, I'd probably be fine after a deload week, so I could consider that soon. But I got a meet coming up four weeks, so I got a built-in deload coming up in the, the week of the meet anyway. So we're good to go. Cobe Strong is in here. What's up, Jimmy? Jimmy is the third biggest bencher in the world, guys. So... He is a wealth of knowledge. Go follow him, Kolb Strong, K-O-L-B, Strong. Go follow him. Thanks for joining in, buddy. Logan Barbell. Hey, Jimmy. 
Logan Barbell is a big fan of you, Jimmy. Me and Jack, do I uh, do recommend any slingshot assistant training? Uh, yeah, so if you're a raw lifter, we use that as a form of overload. And if you're an equipped lifter, I typically don't use the slingshot as much. I would have athletes do something with like the Titan Ram, um, whether it's the Magnum Ram. That's just what I have. They have the supercharged Ram now, which looks pretty badass. Um, it would be some kind of a heavier device like that that's going to mimic the shirt a bit more. A slingshot uh, is uh, more so I'd say for a raw lifter because I don't want them to have too much of an overload, just enough. Rome Gamble. How many times a week to train bench to increase numbers? Uh, kind of already touched on that, Rome, uh, but I would like to see athletes bench twice a week in some capacity. Um, but, you know, really depending on your circumstance, once, is, once works as well. No problem, Chris. Let's see what we got here in the YouTube. OHJ, thoughts on partial movements for high reps. Uh, I love partial movements for high reps. Um, I think that has its place, and we certainly do that quite frequently for both raw and equipped lifters. Uh, Eric Bell, what order would you place your bench cues in tuck, feet, spread? So uh, that's, that's a great question because there is an order of operations to it. Uh, if you want to really get into the nitty-gritty of it, I wrote an article for Elite FTS uh, like two years back, and it's called The Coach's Guide um, to the Bench Press, something like that. You can search my name, Nick Benarakis. It'll bring up all my articles. Uh, but in that article, I did go into much detail on how I would coach a lifter uh, through the bench press in a logical step-by-step -step order that makes sense. That's why I break it down into three phases. Setup phase, let's work on what we do there. Take out, let's get the bar out, the press. And whatever we have to worry about then should mostly be dialed in by them, but there are some concepts you want to touch on then. But that article will have a lot of that detail. Uh, also, our online bench course, which I always recommend those who uh, might not be in a position that they're uh, ready to do our full coaching program, online coaching program yet, uh, I recommend that online course because it's going to have all the videos in a step-by-step -step logical order of how I want you to learn it. Same type of thing as I coach my lifters. So uh, it's a lower cost option to get that type of step-by-step -step help. Logan Barbell. My sticking point has kind of moved up a bit to the mid-range. Should I still be hitting back and delts just as much but a little more tricep? Yeah, so it's it's uh, hard without seeing there, Logan, because I could see where, you know, first off, having a bigger back is always a good thing. So I would never just stop training back. You know, no, no one ever says, oh, I got too much development in my back. Usually never enough. Okay, so I would always keep hitting back work hard. Um, rear delts hard. Keep you properly balanced and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely look to see what you can add in in terms of tricep development. But um, if that means maybe you have to sacrifice a little bit of back work, um, I don't know your circumstance, your training schedule, maybe that's a fair trade-off. But there's also circumstances where 
because you're not utilizing your upper back correctly or maybe you just need more strength in your upper back that can actually cause mid-range sticking point as well so it really depends uh, how well you're holding your position upon the press because if the upper back's collapsing very quickly that's just going to lead to the triceps being stressed more not necessarily that they're weak it's just that now that's all you have um so it really just depends all right guys i'm gonna drop you the code and then i'm gonna see you all leave the live stream <laughs> i'm sure you guys will stay with me but um the code today and this one shout out to uh, my buddy there, small arm, leg strong. You know him as Elvis. He's the man behind the scenes editing all the videos. He'll be clipping this up later. Um, shout out to Elvis there, and uh, this code is a playoff of him. His at small arm, leg strong Instagram handle. If you want to give him a follow, um, the twenty percent off discount code, which is good until midnight tonight. You can use it on our website to get wraps, sleeves, programs apparel uh is small arm big bench okay i don't think i need to spell it to you small arm big bench okay all one word capitals all right so i'm gonna say that again we are 34 minutes into this thing small arm big bench it's good until midnight tonight okay appreciate everyone that's sticking with us on the podcast so far Hey, we still got some great stuff to come coming up here. I got a few more questions I want to get through. So if you guys want to hang out and uh, uh, drop some more questions, some more topics, whatever you want to shoot the shit on, I got some great questions to answer. When training back, should you mimic your bench setup and grip? So uh, this was a great question that Matt sent in the other day on our Instagram stories. And um, I'd say definitely. So if you're a bench-only lifter, majority of the back work you do, I'd say you're going to want a, a, a really highly relate it to mimicking the bench position if you're a bench-only lifter. Now, if you also squat, you also uh, deadlift, you're a full-power lifter, which about 90% of our team is, um, in that same train of thought, on bench day, yeah, I'm probably going to do something that's more bench-specific with them. But on a deadlift day... On a squat day, I'm probably going to try to find back movements that would mimic what's happening in that type of a movement. So it could be maybe we're doing a hold, a behind-the-neck um, lat pull-down hold, which I, I think is great for squats because it's the same position, right? And you're just squeezing down here. Um, I like a kneeling pullover for the deadlift because think what you're doing with the deadlift. Arms by your side, trying to lock that back in, shoulders back. Um, that's what we do with the pullover. Training the lats just like that in the deadlift. So, um, yeah, we definitely try to mimic using the back how we would in the main movement. Um, if all you do is bench and that's your focus, then majority of your back work is, is going to want to be uh, bench-focused. Yeah, so that is a great question. Tasha says, ooh, awesome question. I agree, Tasha. That's it. Uh, it was a great question by Matt. Matt has all the good questions, guys. Um, hey, I got to give Matt a shout out. I don't have his uh, long Instagram handle. Uh, maybe if he wants to shoot a comment here on Instagram or if he's listening, if he's still there. You guys got to give Matt a follow because he's got the funniest uh, TikTok vids. Uh, he's a PT and uh, he has awesome, awesome TikTok vids. And I just had my live. Hold on, guys. 
I think it kicked me out my own YouTube. It's showing me my damn live stream. <laughs> Let's see what we got. What the hell we got going on here? Alright, I gotta figure out what just happened. My YouTube just conked out on me. I think, uh... I think we had just some trouble with the Wi-Fi here. Resume. Right, I apologize uh, for anyone just conked out on my YouTube. We're back. Uh, yeah, so Matt, I was giving Matt a shout out. He just posted it. Matt underscore PT underscore DIP underscore MDT. Go give Matt a follow on Instagram, guys. He has the, uh, the the funniest TikTok vids. Um, I love watching them. So keep them coming, my friend. Cobra Strong, bench only. Yeah. I'm trying to do the Arnold voice. I just can't do it very well. <laughs> uh, Beth had a bit of a breakthrough this week with hand placement on my squat. My range of motion in shoulders has improved a lot. So I was able to move hands in more. My center of gravity shift shifted thoughts so um you were able to bring your hands in more center of gravity could you expand on the center of gravity shift um i'm a big fan of getting the hands closer however like you just said beth mobility is the biggest restrictor of that if i could yeah so I, it's the same type of thing when we're setting our feet for for bench where we place our hand for squat. When I get under that bar, I want a certain amount of passive tension. And then I want to get full tension by squeezing the rest of the way. If you jam yourself into a position where you can't even move, then you are going to probably stumble across a lot of shoulders and elbow issues, especially when you get heavily loaded. Um, so you have to strike that balance. So when you have more mobility to get in tighter, then, um, yeah, the, you're, just what you said right there, Beth, could stay more upright and in control. Absolutely. Uh, it's just going to help keep your back tighter, in my opinion. I mean, you can um, make do with your hands way out here, but if you're not so tight, so someone that's super, super tight and that's all they can do, that is pretty close for them. I mean, they, they are putting themselves on a lot of tension by having their hands there. Um, for someone who, if they put their hands way out, um, they probably aren't going to be very passively tight. Like, it's going to be very easy to get under that bar. So, that's why I say always find that hand position. It's going to be different for everyone where you get under that bar and you're already pretty tight. Like, that was... A little bit tough to get under that bar and then the rest of it is just you squeezing creating that tightness um you have to find that balance there so i love hearing that that's great um the the mobility thing that's that's really big for being able to to get into that position so great job there beth um can't wait to take a look at that logan barbell how important are delts Compared to the back and triceps, I feel that I never do enough delt stuff, but I never really feel my delts in the bench anyway. So I'd say be careful with that because just because you don't feel something doesn't necessarily mean it's not important. Um, I think the delts, more so than being any type of a prime mover in the bench press, um, is absolutely critical for stability of 
you know keeping the position while you press so while you're not going you know doing this you know i don't necessarily feel my rear delts they're not the prime mover of that movement but um they're still important nonetheless so that i would just be careful with because just because you don't feel something working in a specific movement doesn't mean that it doesn't play a huge role right if if i don't have my hips stable when i'm overhead pressing then that's going to really sacrifice my overhead press and the stability that i have pressing um so my hip strength is actually important in an overhead press um so something like that hope that makes sense for you but rear delts i don't think we could ever overtrain those too much because everyone's just everyone could use more rear delt work upper back work in my opinion mike frazier morning coach what's up mike uh can you talk a bit more about the self lift off vid you sent me yeah so um i guess the biggest thing i can say with a self lift off so if you don't have someone there to hand you off you're at a disadvantage um you know that just is what it is we're going to try to do the best we can but uh, if you don't have a handoff it's it's a big disadvantage so how i like to coach that is um, to bridge your hips up you know something i would never tell you to do when you bench but um, lift your hips up as high as you can because doing that you know imagine having our feet on the bench and we're driving our hips up we're um, creating what looks like a decline bench with uh with our positioning the higher we can keep our hips the more we're able to face our chest to the bar so to speak that's advantageous when we're getting the bar out uh, because now instead of being up here trying to get to the bar all right we can bridge up and we can keep our shoulders packed down because if i'm packed down look at i can't really reach up or have any strength up overhead all right if i squeeze with pinch my shoulder blades and i pull them under how weird is it even to have my arms overhead right now you know i don't have any strength to do that i'm trying to connect with my back and root in all right so if i can stay close to the bar of my position i can drive my hips up i can create this like web here so watch what happens if you guys are watching live right there with my armpit closed down just like that i want to keep that i want to create that web near the armpit and then i want to just lift my hips and drag out so a little squeeze with the trice drag out okay and then when i drop my hips down i'm not letting my shoulders move without my body all right my my armpits are now connected in with my lats everything moves at once so hopefully that was a good little visual um, but i can definitely film something extra for you mike uh, mike's one of our uh, full coaching lifters appreciate you tuning in there mike um, but yeah i can definitely film you a private vid too on anything for that matter any of our, our lifters know if they uh, want me to film anything specific i can do that for them all right um heath i'm confused why did you tell me to meet you here heath um you mean meet me on the bench i don't know what you mean by that my friend uh but sip of coffee to you the working man i want to sweat my coffee here getting gross all right how do i increase my bench faster very uh general question but i i know uh, whoever asked it probably meant well um two things i i, I said that um we're gonna be 
really, really important. Focus on technique, okay? Focus on technique every time you train, okay? Treat it like you're going into sports practice. If a pitcher goes in to, to practice, it's not just throwing pitches willy-nilly, working on a curveball, working on some form of their game. Same thing as a powerlifter. Go into the gym, work on some form of your game, technique, okay? Uh, and then always go in and train intently. Train with intensity, all right? Make sure your setup is better, better, better every single time you do it. Um, make sure when you're squatting, right, you're creating a better brace through your midsection. You're creating more and more hip tension. You know, every set, try to bring more to the table. You know, you need to train with intent. You need to train uh, to enhance your technique, okay? That's how you're going to get your bench stronger faster. Uh, Tasa says, I usually do a self-lift off because guys at the gym lift it so much I lose tension in my back. Yeah, and uh, you really never know what you're going to get when you ask someone for a handoff in a commercial gym. Um, that's why I always say have that have that quick like minute elevator type pitch you can do to someone who's going to hand you off. Um, let them know right off the bat what you're expecting of them, not to lift off too strongly, just to guide um, how you're going to communicate in the hand of three, two, one breath, or have that little speech, bam, less than a minute, let them know what's up, and that's the best you can do. Uh, but yeah, that's sometimes they're going to just rip you right up, there goes your shoulders. So, um, best thing you can ever do though, and this helps tremendously with equipped lifting because you never know what you're going to get with side handoffs, um, don't chase the weight. All right, think of it more as. Uh, you're giving up the connection to the bar via your hands, but you're never sacrificing your connection to the pad via your shoulder blades. Okay, so you your biggest focus, shoulder blades meshed into that pad. Where the bar goes, if it comes out too high, you're not following it. Don't try to follow it. Let him literally take the weight up. You just leave your hands where they are. Okay, um, I know that seems that it's weird, but that's what you need to focus on with a takeout one of the biggest things that uh helped me out a ton is making sure i'm not trying to follow that tension with the, the bar but i'm trying to create that tension with my back the bar will get there okay you just gotta be patient with it this was a good question uh close grip is getting stronger than comp grip do i switch uh and i say to that absolutely because in competition you're going to want to use the strongest grip you have uh, I don't know why you wouldn't otherwise. So if you're benching more close grip than you are with your old comp grip, oh, well, close grip's your new comp grip. So uh, simple answer to that. And uh, sometimes that'll happen. You know, you start experimenting with one grip. Maybe the cut and range of motion is enough to put you over the old one rep max or something. Uh, you feel better doing it. And uh, that happens. So comp, grips can, comp grip can certainly switch. How much can I bench without a shirt, and why don't I compete raw? Uh, so my best raw bench in competition was 2019, um, earlier last year, and that was 440 pounds. And um, the reason I don't compete raw is um, really I just don't find it interesting. Uh, I don't find, after, after competing equipped, um, I don't find raw lifting that exciting. Okay, because uh, having have done both, raw lifting, you kind of, you know what you're getting into. Like, you know what you're capable of. Yeah, there's minor variables here and there, of course, but 
Um, with equipment, there's so many variables that are going to determine your success or failure on a given day that going back to just lifting raw, it's just, it's not the same and it's not fun. It's just not as fun. Um, I love that high octane, you know, pedal to the metal, one bad move and you're done. You know, I love that. So that's why I don't compete raw. Also, right now, I can't compete raw for shit benching because my shoulder, for some reason, has been shot. So I'm um, pretty sure I'm making a minor tear in there or something. But, you know, I don't see it getting better anytime soon. So I'm just in the shirt because that allows me to still train and um, feel good. You know, it, does, it doesn't bother my shoulder to be in a shirt because of the tension. All right, we got more questions coming in. Uh, Emery Pelissen, should heels be planted in the ground when benching? Uh, yeah, I would say the whole foot. So not just the heels, definitely the heels, uh, the whole foot, depending on what you're doing. Feet out flat, the whole foot, heels certainly. Uh, if you're talking toes back, you know, where you see someone up on the balls of their, their feet and they, they have their heel elevated, no. The heel won't be in contact with the ground. You're going to keep your heel up um, because the act of driving your heel down is going to create your tightness and leg drive. This interesting name, Trinian Barua. I'm sorry I really effed that up, but uh, gave it my best shot. Hey, Coach Ben, loved your video on uneven grip. I have the issue, but I am wondering what should someone do if they're already at max grip? Because bringing the grip in will extend the range. Um, so if you are having that issue, so what I said for uneven grip, if you have a one side that's lagging, it's not coming up at the same time, um, what I said is just maybe go out an extra finger on one side. If you're already at mixed grip, uh, if you want to even it out, you might have to do that. You might have to extend the range. It depends what makes more sense. Can you effectively bench and still complete a lift to standard um, you without having to make that change? Or does that change actually allow you to bench press evenly on both sides, uh, but it's a little bit more increased range of motion? I would not shy away from increasing range of motion if it makes sense. Okay. And Emery also says, what about the head? Should you be lifting your head when doing a concentric part of the movement in the bench? I do that and I feel a lot stronger. Um, no, I would definitely not lift the head. Why some might feel stronger lifting the head is probably they feel like they're loading into their lats a lot more. But if you can learn to engage that with your head down, that's going to prove a lot more valuable for you. And you're probably just getting disconnected when you're keeping your head down. And when your head's up, you're really connecting into your lats well. So you just got to find how to do that with your head back. Um, what rep range? Oh, we got Logan here. What do you think of people saying that equipped is stupid and the shirt doesn't the, does the lift for you? Um, I don't really pay much attention to that, my friend. Um, in fact, you know, our channels are really awesome. No one ever gives me a hard time really on YouTube, Instagram. Um, and if anyone has negative comments, I just don't respond. Um, just not going to give it my time. So that's just probably a misunderstanding. You know, if you ask me, I'd say golf is stupid, but that's because I don't know what the hell is involved with golf. It's just smacking a ball around to me. So to me, it's stupid. 
Um, to someone else, they freaking love golf. There's a lot of technique involved in, with golf if you're into that sport. So therefore, you love it. Um, I'm involved in equip lifting. I understand the technique that goes with it. I love it. Someone who doesn't understand, probably going to think it's super dumb. So this is how it is. Can't please everyone. All right, guys. I got time for one more. We got time for one more. I'm going to take Mia Jack. What rep range do you do for a raw bencher on a two-day-a-week cycle? Uh, one comp bench day and the other assistance day. Uh, so I would say one day is going to be heavier focus. The other day is going to be either, depending on the person, it might be like speed work or it might be um, probably more so it's going to be um, some type of volume work. Depends on the face, um, what the recovery is like. I know it's kind of general, but you're going to have one heavier day and one day that's not going to be as heavy, pretty much. Uh, I wouldn't get too absorbed in the rep range. Uh, higher reps further out from a meet, lower reps closer to a meet. Um, if you're doing some kind of conjugate style programming, heavy all the time, you know, on that one day. And then you have like your speed day or you do some volume or something. All right. So hopefully that answers that. Uh, a lot of these questions, it's just, it's so dependent on the person, you know, and that's why um, in our full uh, coaching program, our online coaching program, um, you know, that's why, uh, you know, it's, it's I, I don't take on a ton of people. I, I have a very detailed coaching program. Everyone has their own individual uh, approach, and I'm in contact with those people, so um, it's it's really everything that lives is very dependent on the on the person. Absolutely, Mia. And uh, Trinian, um, I don't know if I'm saying your name right, my friend, Barua. I think that last name is pretty badass. I hope I said that right. Thank you. Um, thank you for, for tuning in. All right, everyone, I appreciate you tuning in again uh, midway about through this podcast. We dropped the 20% off code. You can go to bigbenches.com, get your sleeves, elbow sleeves, wraps, uh, apparel, and we also have program templates. It's good for everything. 20% off the entire site. That code is good until midnight tonight. So if you haven't caught that code, you can go back, rewatch this, as it will be stored live on our Instagram, IGTV, and our YouTube, t- uh, YouTube Live. Okay, so just go back and watch that. You'll get that code. Uh, also, I'm giving out a free Big Benches t-shirt. I will pick someone at random from either YouTube or Instagram, okay? And it's good for U.S. only, so I apologize if you're overseas. Um, just can't keep shipping that every time, uh, and they usually get returned to me. So it's, uh, it's uh, going to be U.S. only for right now. Um, and then also I want to encourage everyone, go to BigBenches.com, check out our VIP membership. A lot of great bonus content there. I film things on the squat, the deadlift. So if you love our bench content, it will help you with your other lifts. Uh, The program templates I just mentioned are free for our VIP members. Um, They are going to to get access to a whole drive. It's a Google Drive, all of different video, uh, different folders, video content, programs, different PDFs we put out. Um, You're going to get access to all of that as being a VIP member. You're going to get access to me for coaching critiques. and uh, to ask questions, anything like that, I'm here for you. Uh, we have a great community of lifters. Right now we're doing a 10K day challenge. That's starting to finish up. Uh, and then we'll see what's up next time. But 
Uh, we have a great community of lifters. We all support each other. We all have a uh, great question. Today is Programming Tuesday, which we're going to be posting. It's a thread where we talk um, all different programming, things we've been doing in our training. We have a nice roundtable discussion about that. Uh, but definitely check out the VIP membership, BigBenches.com. It's less than $10 a month to get involved. All right, everyone. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Again, sip a coffee to you. I really enjoy doing these Tuesday live episodes. Um, you can catch us next Tuesday where we will be sharing another discount code. And I will be giving away more apparel. All right, guys. I will catch you next week.